0: Welcome to Molding Masculinity. I'm Tom McFarland, as always, here with Philip Sype, and today we're going to be talking about male body image issues, which encompasses a lot of things, all the way from uh, uh, issues with you know the body fat percentage and size, height, uh, body muscle, uh, like you know muscular muscularity, strength. Uh, all the way to facial hair and uh yes, even uh penis size, everything involved with male body issues. Uh do you want to start us off,
1: Philip? Uh sure, yeah. So this is something that I've personally struggle with as someone who is um in a medical sense uh overweight uh and is you know dieting and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that is this is always this is one of those interesting issues that is tied up in in uh, in a lot of places where there is a uh, a sort of blur blurring of the lines between society and social expectations and scientific realities and medicine that um, is an interesting sort of balance to strike. Um, so trying it's something that I actively am, am sort of participating in every day as I'm you know dieting uh, trying to improve my own health while trying to not feel like garbage for not already being healthy, not looking like an Adonis, uh, type of thing. Uh, so it's, it's, this is definitely something that will have a meaningful impact on me personally. And, uh, uh, it's something that I think is something that a lot of men struggle to, uh, talk about because, you know, uh, there's such an obvious um thing with women and the unrealistic expectations put on them and their appearance that um it kind of feels a little bit bad sometimes to talk about it from the male perspective because um you know women do have it have it so much worse (laughs) uh but i think you know our issues are um are deep and complex as well um if perhaps slightly less prevalent
0: yeah i i agree and i mean and i also have struggled with elements of this from a different direction i i think and that i have uh really almost my whole life as far as i can remember struggled with a concept of feeling the opposite direction like i was too skinny i always have always felt like i was too skinny and i lacked enough muscle mass and because i lacked the quote proper amount of muscle mass i was not properly masculine i wasn't a proper man i wasn't that of which i needed to be i wasn't you know like these ideas that you know earworms that worked their way into my brain that i'm wasn't attractive that um you know I, I i wasn't capable of doing the things that i needed to do as a man and that i was therefore just you know lesser uh it builds these insecurities that kind of build up in layers and layers and layers of issues that it you know it can take a whole lifetime to work through and it's really it, it really is a you know it's 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 it, it's something that i think a lot of men face and uh i it's something that i think is completely unrecognized in a lot of our society i mean and it's it's not like i in absolutely no way want to point want to paint a picture that male body image issues are greater or lesser than issues related to uh women's body issues i do not it's not a race it is not a competition it doesn't need to be and it is uh it's it's counterproductive to look at it in any such of a way but it is to say that it's you know this is something that we don't talk about as a as a society, and that it affects the large overall view of body image issues in America and among people. Uh, that is a very big issue, and it really, really. I I don't think I have ever, honest, honest to God, I don't think I have ever talked to a single man who didn't have some kind of a body image insecurity one way or the other.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, like just just uh, the other day we were. Um, I was around playing some board games with friends and one, I was sitting next to a guy who was almost certainly the skinniest person at the table saying like, oh, you know, like I, I haven't been eating super well. I got to lose like 10 pounds. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> like look at, look at your environment, man. Like everyone here is heavier than you. Like, what are you saying? Uh, but like, it's crazy. Like you, you know, I think we almost take it for granted that, that women have these uh, insecurities um, that it's surprising hearing it sometimes from your male friends as well. Um, But, um, you know, I think that there is some uh, opening up of the conversation here recently. I know like, I mean, in, in pop culture sense, like there have been some celebrities that have talked about how, you know, Despite being like obviously, you know, physically in a perfectly fine state, um, you know, talk about how they struggle a lot with uh, their own body and their own image. um Robert Pattinson comes to mind. Um, I, so I wanted to uh to to throw in some numbers here, because you know I I like my numbers. Um, there was uh, a <clears throat> study that um, showed that 90% of boys in middle school and high school exercise at least occasionally with the specific goal of bulking up. That's wild to me, 90%. And, you know, I think you know like the the do you lift bro and like like there's there's some value obviously like it's it's good i guess that 90% of people of of boys are exercising but it's the part i'm concerned about is the motivation you know cuz a lot of the instances of bulking up are an attempt to look like certain you know movie stars in movies which a ignoring for a second all the makeup and lighting and angles and stuff that play into that image you know one of the things that i've learned for example is like bodybuilders have talked about how you know that chiseled ab look that ripped muscle look that you know a lot of us see a lot um is actually unaccomplishable uh unless you're dehydrated like unless you are medically at a level of not in taking enough water that 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 people who do those competitions for example will intentionally dehydrate themselves right before a competition so that they can achieve that look and then they will go back to what you might see as a little bit more uh for lack of a for lack of a less derogatory sounding term uh pudgy appearance i mean they're still strong and very like you know big muscly men but like they're they don't have that chiseled look because no one does unless they're they're doing something actually negative to their body.
0: Yeah, and I, I know, and I, 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 I think a lot of that has a lot of yeah. There's a lot of validity to this idea that there is an immense number of unreasonable expect, unreasonable body expectations thrown at us while we're growing up. Um, you know, I, I it's, it, it's something that I think is especially. Important right now, with the explosion of uh Marvel and superheroes and all of this, and we've all seen so many of these superhero actors come forward with these massive body changes that they have accomplished, and like you know Chris Pratt losing like uh forty pounds in six months uh you know, and other actors gaining twenty pounds in six months and 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 it being this completely unrealistic thing for most people, right? Like your job, you know, for, for average folks, like our job isn't literally to do that because we aren't literally making other people billions of dollars to do it. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation, but it also trickles down through like, yeah, like sports expectations, athletic expectations that we put on young boys, uh, things that we specifically tell young boys of like, oh, well, if you want to be, like, a real man or if you want to be really, like, tough, cool, awesome, all these things, you have to be able to compete at this level in various sports. You have to be able to look this certain way. You have to be able to do these certain things. That is just an inaccuracy of reasonable, it's just not how humans work. Like, athletes are fine. Athletes are cool. It is—I it, am 100%— down and all right with people being athletic uh, I, I, I work in at in a end of athletics right now but across human history we have never you know made every single child who enters education be expected to be an athlete and I think in a lot of spaces specifically low-income spaces we do exactly that to young boys we expect all of them to be athletes. You want to go to college? You better get that college scholarship. And if you want that college scholarship, you have to have an athletic body. We put so much on that. Like it's not just about trying to you know, instilling the, it's not just about the way that society instills these ideas into us that women are only going to be attractive to us if we are at, if we have athletic builds, but we also instill it into young boys that they will never financially succeed or survive without having an athletic build and being athletically capable and that is so toxic
1: yeah agreed and you know it's it's um it's one of those things that you know it's frustrating from the perspective not not just like that it that it holds up an unhealthy expectation but that like um you know it's also a false narrative uh like the worst part about it is like you tell a bunch of these young boys like oh you know the only way you're going to get out of this poverty trap is to um you know just completely put your body into this you know shape and it's not even true like even if you get recruited to a college only a small percent of those people end up doing it professionally and, and honestly, even a small percentage of the people who do it in high school get recruited to a college team, like these are um, lottery tickets. You know, you have to be born with the talent. You have to, you know, work incredibly hard. And a lot of times, like, you know, um, it's just not in the cards for you just by circumstance. And I think the 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 worst part about it for me is the adults in that scenario who oftentimes push these boys into you know dedicating themselves to this on on this lottery ticket promise that they know they'll never hit they're not good enough talented enough naturally speaking but they need them to fill that position so that the other people in the team who do have that can have a slightly better chance at doing it like essentially sacrificing them and their potential on the altar of, um, some masculine ideal of an athlete. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's,
0: it's very sad. You got to fill the rest of the roster for your star Hooper or your quarterback. And it's, yeah, it's, it's toxic and it's painful that we do this to, to the young men that we're trying to race, uh, yeah, and the the um
1: you know the all the body insecurity stuff is is not restricted by the way to musculature and shape. Um and by that I mean like geometric shape like not being in shape and healthy like specifically like looking like you have big bulging muscles or whatever. Um you know there's a growing uh market and like male um beauty care. They probably wouldn't call it beauty care, uh, you know, but stuff like, um, you know, wrinkles for older guys, uh, skin discoloration, and face facial symmetry type stuff. Um, hair loss alone, interesting uh, trivia fact, uh, is estimated to be somewhere in the ballpark of one and a half billion, with a B, dollars. That's just hair loss, by the way, like one thing right and uh male cosmetic procedures since 1997 have been have gone up by 325 percent 3.25 times the number of cosmetic procedures for men happen now compared to 1997 and those include like those aren't like they're not like uh all what you'd expect you know liposuction is up there obviously but like um it's not just like you know fat reduction type stuff there's nose surgery eyelid surgery male breast reduction facelifts like these are all major categories in those cosmetic procedures that are going on and so you know it's it's very clear that in, in modern era, the impact of, um, you know, male body image is being projected over mass media is having a profound impact, not just on each of us individually, but like you can see it in the numbers, the surgeries are up, the industries, uh, the male beauty industry is growing. People are spending an egregious amount of money on gems and, and protein drinks and and stuff all to achieve this sort of um ideal that is almost certainly not what a doctor would say is the ideal physiological state
0: so yeah and i i, I think there's a lot of validity to all of this at the same time i think there's um almost a it it th- There's almost a balance of bad going on here in a lot of ways for uh, masculine presenting folks in that, I, I, you know, there's an element of what our society teaches us that goes to say that we shouldn't in any way care about our the way we present ourselves like I grew up being constantly told that like dressing what I like dressing nicely was a emasculine a thing and effeminate thing to do to want to like, you know, like I, I wore like in high school. I wore a lot of jewelry like I would wear like a, you know, a, a rope chain. I would wear uh, watches and stuff. And I caught a lot of flack for that uh, because it was considered effeminate, uh, quote unquote effeminate. And I think all of that is like that's bullshit. You shouldn't do that to people either. You shouldn't try to like that's bad and that's toxic in its own way. I and I and I think there is a balancing act that has to be done between this feeling insecure and trying to fill insecurities with things that are material and don't fill those insecurities. Uh, Doing things that are just engaging in dysmorphia and doing things that are toxic to your body and toxic to your life and your personal ability in, in the world, you know, your capable, your ability to engage as a human being. If if what you're doing is damaging that, it's not good. That's toxic. Um, but yeah, it's a balancing act. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that I thought was really kind of cool was when I lived in China, I, um, I had a lot of Korean friends, and I learned that it is very common in Korea for men to wear makeup. Uh, and, and like, it was just like men cared about their look and their appearance. And as a generality, in Asia, there was a, a, a care that was put towards men's appearance that was, I, I am certain, there is an extreme end of it that is very toxic, as they're most certain, you know, that capitalism drives it in that sort of a way. But, There was a lot of it, too, that also felt very freeing. Like when I would go to a mall, for instance, like the malls in China, which were massive, there would be literally just as many men's clothing stores as there were women's clothing stores. I like literally spent a whole day going through the mall shopping for leather gloves. I just wanted a cool pair of leather gloves. And it was like in America, I would feel like I would probably still go to a half a dozen men's clothing stores and probably find the exact same pair in every single store and just have to settle and be like, well, I guess this is the pair of leather men's leather gloves that is available because not enough men want to wear nice designer leather gloves. And while i was in china it was like no nah, nah. i had every single store there was two dozen different varieties of different stitching with different uh you know and things done in different colors and different all these different things you could actually shop for that element um in a way that we just can't hear because the way that society has driven men to like no you're not allowed to care about your uh your your looks and your personal presentation but yet we also tell men that they have to fit a very exacting niche or else they're not men. And that's like, it's its own toxicity and its own element of problem there that I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, it,
1: it sucks in a lot of ways. I mean, the, I, I remember as like a middle school, high school age, like, One outfit I used to like to wear is I used to put on like a a plain t-shirt and I would wear um, these button up shirts over them, unbuttoned, that had all kinds of like colorful designs on them, fire or like a dragon one. And I, I like, sure, it's like, you know, maybe a little bit over the top for like, you know, like, like maybe, maybe the, the designs were out there, right? But there was this sense the of like,
0: thing. we probably had some of the same oh, shirts, wow. honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um, like, and I loved that. I don't know. I felt like I was wearing a cape. It was cool. Um, but like, you know, I got taunted for wearing that stuff sometimes. Uh, I don't know. It was just like easier not to do it eventually, even though I liked it. And eventually the shirts got a little bit small as I, got bigger but it, it's exactly that it's like it even like a little bit out of line with like what we expect boys to wear it's like you know it's immediately slapped down not not by anyone who's going like ah you have violated the the standard for men written in the skies and therefore will be admonished it's it's you know oh people make fun of me or um you know my parents say like are you sure you want to wear that you know like <clears throat> that kind of thing, um, and it's 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 always a soft sort of power that's exerted. And you know, I, I've always been a little bit jealous of like women's clothing in in that like they're so much more expressive. It's why so many of my shirts are like graphic tees because it's about as much as I can get away with it, you know, as having something cool or interesting or expressive to wear um and also uh i'll just point out like having occasionally dressed up as a wizard for halloween uh and wearing like a what is essentially a dress uh like that breeze is nice (laughs) you know what i mean like pragmatically speaking
0: as 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 a mcfarland (laughs) uh I I agree with you, um, and and the kilt is very comfortable and very breezy and delightful, and we need more positive affirmation to kilt wearing everywhere around the globe. And I mean, like, yeah, and we have this such a gender, we've we've gendered clothing in such a silly way where we never realize that it's silly. I mean, uh, high heels were originally a men's shoe. Like those originated in the 16th century as a men's shoe. Uh, high heels were something that men would wear to accentuate their calves because I think it was King Henry the eighth had like some ballin ass calves and so everybody just wanted to uh replicate those calves so the the high heel shoe became very popular among men and i mean and and we think about that as like you know an ancient element but all the way up into the 1970s you can find high-heeled men's shoes a lot of cowboy boots even today which are more like the 70s style have a real mighty tall heel and it's one of the reasons like I love cowboy boots because cowboy boots are almost like the most expressive shoe that men can get away with uh like you know you can have a whole wall of cowboy boots uh as I almost do and nobody questions your masculinity in that but you know if you had a wall of literally any other kind of shoe other than like I you know other than you know like uh tennis shoes yeah people are going to Kind of throw shade on that and that's it's in, in 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 that same way that you just described that soft power kind of way now it's not that somebody's going to walk up and say hey that's not masculine you're not allowed to do that but it's this this gentle pull that people do to pull you in another direction and away from that and uh it's 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 foolish and it's unnecessary and frankly you know anything that anybody wants you, you, your clothes don't dictate Your gender, your sexuality, or your masculinity or femininity, or anything of any nature, however you want to dress, is it should be an expression of yourself. Like the only the the only purposes that clothes serve is the pure purpose of, of you know, protection against the elements and to express who we are. And so, I I think any limitation on that expression, when in, in any any direction or the other, is it makes me sad.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a group of people who, for whom we are preaching to the choir here. <laughs> and that is uh, easily the like, yeah, non uh, gender non conforming crowd. Those uh, people sometimes decide to fluidly move between the masculine and feminine sides, this thing in a way that, um, honestly, sometimes marries elements of both in ways that, you know, everyone, every, you know, I'm not. I don't want to overgeneralize, especially not at a group that I'm not a part of. But I do want to recognize it because it's important. Which is that, like, you can. There, there are plenty of examples of people who will pull things that seem obviously masculine and obviously feminine, and just put them together. And they, they have the bravery to express themselves in that way, in a way that that defies that power. And they do suffer consequences for it, um, and they shouldn't, because who cares what someone else decides to dress or express themselves as, like, what's the, what, at that point, what, what's even the point of having such a hyper-individualist society anyway? Setting that aside, like there, you know, I think it's very easy to, there is a shock value to, to seeing that presentation, because it's just very uncommon but you know, my experience is you know there there's a lizard brain reaction of "Oh, that's weird and different, and therefore I don't like it, and there's the stopping and being like actually that person looks badass uh you know, and there are there have definitely been ways that people have expressed their gender that to me are very appealing uh and i avoid doing because it doesn't match like i think it looks cool and i don't necessarily think it should be part of the gendered the gendered conversation of like what what elements of appearance are male or female or whatever um i think as far as expression goes like like throwing out the whole thing makes a lot of sense to me but there are some things that i think would look cool that I will probably never have the bravery to do because I would face the social consequences and it's just easier for me not to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I understand that. And I mean, and I feel the same way. I have felt the same way a lot of times in my life. And, uh, you know, I mean like honestly the kilt, you know, I just made that kind of an offhanded comment about kilts and I do that actually quite a bit. I you know, throw up my, uh, uh, Scottishness as a, uh, Support of the kilt, but I don't own a kilt. I don't have the, I have never in the past in my life had the bravery to go out, purchase a kilt, and then wear a kilt out. And, and I'll tell you what, the reason why I haven't done it is the exact reason as we started with here today, and it has to do with body dysmorphia. Same reason I'm not real comfortable wearing shorts. And honestly, this summer has been probably one of the first summers where I've Forced, I don't know. Forced myself to be comfortable. Is really that way, right way to put that? But I've changed my personal challenge yourself. Yeah, I've I've challenged myself to wear shorts more. Part of it is because I live in Oklahoma now and it's fucking hot here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That Uh, it is. Although not not as much this year. uh, Yeah, (laughs) thanks to climate change among other factors.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so you know, I, I I started wearing more shorts, but I've I've always defended my not having a kilt and not wearing a kilt of like oh I love that I, I'm so proud of you for doing that yeah like do the thing I'm not going to do that because I have tiny little legs and the same reason I wouldn't wear shorts I have tiny little legs and uh, you know and then I finally just this summer like who cares anybody who looks at me and says oh that guy has tiny legs and shouldn't be wearing shorts that's not a person I want to talk to anyways why do I care what they think um, which I mean isn't to say that that's a cure for these issues. These issues are yeah. real, and there is no simplistic, uh, shotgun shell cure to any of them. It's these are all you know things that we have to unpack and unlearn and continually address in our lives. So, I mean, as much as I say, oh, that's all I just say decide that I don't care what they think. I do. I still do, even though I that's the dialogue that runs in my brain. There's no way to make myself not absolutely in some form in such way care. And that's one of the things that we you know that we I think we very often over rationalize these issues, uh, you know, the same as like with weight issues. We'll hear somebody say that they feel like they need to lose 10 pounds. And our immediate thought is like to rationalize that and be like, but you are already a much smaller than me person or much smaller than other person. We rationalize that away, but those core elements, those core things that we have these compulsions and impulsions to do are not rational. Um, You know, I, I, you know, and that's, that's been the same thing for me of like, it's this, I get that I am um, probably more muscular than some other men, uh, but I perpetually and always, and will probably for the rest of my life, always feel like I am absolutely not muscular enough and like, that I am too small. I am too small. I don't think I could uh, be in a room full of small enough people to make me not feel like I am too small. And... That's something that I have to cope with in myself, and I have to struggle with and unlearn myself. And I mean, these are issues that part of what makes these issues so hard is that we have so little academia rolling into them. We have so little understanding in psychology about them, and we have so little discussion in our social spaces about them.
1: We're just now starting to get some very clear evidence that this is a serious problem that's getting worse. You know, the numbers that I stated near to the beginning are fairly recent, and you know only begin to start to scratch the surface of like why um i think we can all easily point to like superhero movies or whatever and say like oh okay that's probably not helping but like causes of effects can be very complex and multifaceted and um probably touch on a whole variety of issues in and of themselves um <clears throat> but i think it's i think it's good that that you know this conversation alone is an example. Like, I know we try to also talk, we talk about these problems. We also try to have some sort of practical steps on how to start working on this and improving this sort of, you know, improving things related to whatever we're talking about. And right here, what we're doing, like, I mean, this whole episode is just straight up an example because that's one of the number one things that you can do when it comes to handling uh, your body image issues is have the vulnerability to sit down with another male friend, talk about it, say like, you know, I'm, I'm deeply, I struggle a lot with, you know, the, the size of my stomach. I feel like I'm fat and it's, you know, when I go to the pool, I feel like I'm the fat guy that everyone looks at. And like, well, I was like, I keep a shirt on, you know, like, <clears throat> um, you know, you were talking about, I assume your legs or whatever, you know, that makes you uncomfortable in shorts, Um, you know, just being open and saying, like, I have a problem with this, it sucks. And then having, you know, your friends being like, you know, like, uh, specifically, you know, I think what I don't want to say here is that, like, that, you know, don't be blindly affirming in the sense of, don't tell someone that, there that nothing about them needs to change and by that i mean specifically there's 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 a version of this conversation there's two several versions of this conversation there's the i'm struggling with the way that i look I feel like i'm fat and someone saying like hey you know you shouldn't worry about that that's not a big deal i think that you're a good looking guy and you're nice and you shouldn't be beating yourself up over that that's a good thing i think there's a different version of this conversation where someone's like hey Uh, I'm concerned about my weight, you know, my family has heart condition history, and I'm going to start dieting. And someone goes like, oh, you don't need to do that. You know, you're trying to be positive and reinforcing. But like, there is a line here, like some body image issues do touch on medical things. And we should be clear about saying, you know, there's the difference between body positivity and blind body acceptance, you know. A doctor saying, Hey, you should probably lose some weight or else you're gonna have a heart condition is not the same thing as someone saying, Hey, fat so put on a shirt. You know, um and but, you know, specifically like when talking about it with between friends, like friends don't need to give each other medical advice. You know, if your friend wants to start dieting to improve their health and maybe lose some weight and look better, cool, support them with that. If they are don't say like it sucks and and I right now I I don't know what to do about it, just like be there, you know, be honest that like, you know, I'm sure they're all imperfectly healthy in some ways, and there are things that we can work on in that space. But, you know, also this thing that we all have in our heads that we think that we have to live up to, we don't have to live up to that. That's bullshit. It's a bullshit uh, body image that's prop- propped up by you know media selling you something. And just be okay with how you are now, not not in a don't worry about medical consequences, but in a, you know, don't be trying to live up to an unrealistic standard.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree completely. And I, you know, I, these issues are so all encompassing with men know, we we've talked a lot specifically about these kinds of body image issues, about uh, feeling overweight, feeling underweight, feeling uh, under masculine, feeling uh, all, you know, all of these different things that hit us. Um, And there's also so much more that we can't even if we don't even have the time to get into in one episode, uh, things like uh, thinning hairlines in men and how that makes us feel, especially as we get older, uh, how society tells us that like our having a good thick head of hair is something important to being masculine, despite there being so many obvious masculine uh, like like role models out there who do not have hair Um, but uh you know but i mean it's you know we still we internalize and i mean there's so many other things like facial hair issues uh that i think now are kind of really kind of coming uh into full scope for a lot of men um and then, of course, uh, the, the issue of, of penis size, which many more men than will ever admit stru- uh, concern themselves with and struggle with, despite it being something that they have extremely little control over. And to be frank, there is no point in worrying yourself in life about things that you can't directly control. And that brings me into a very important point that I want to roll all of this into, because I think... Extremely too few of us understand this, and I think we are taught this from an extremely young age, that if we don't have the ideal male body, that if we do not look like the ideal male, there is no possible ability that we, like there's no capability we have to be attractive, sexy, uh, or also good at sex. Uh, that we just we yeah. lack that if we aren't that ideal man well we don't have that thing and so even if we make a relationship with a woman she's going to leave us for somebody who is ideal and that is so toxic so wrong so inconceivably false that it just it doesn't stand up to any rational argument and discussion we as men like we you know we, we as ours as men who are or ma- I should say, as masculine-presenting people who, in many cases, are attracted to women. Because, and I say this because I just purely, I'm. This is I need to I need to say this from my own perspective, because this is a very perspective-based thing. Uh, from my perspective of my own sexuality, my own uh, gender, and my own my own gender identity, and my own all of those things i there is no ideal woman. There's no ideal woman that I am attracted to, and all other women are simply unattractive. That is just simply not a framework that exists within our mind. How could I possibly conceive that that is a framework that exists in literally every single other person's mind? that that that, that, that logic just doesn't stand up, and i and I really would ask and challenge other masculine presenting people to ask themselves if that logic stands up. Um, and if it does, maybe you also need to reconsider like the idea of an ideal person really existing. Like just that's, I think that is just something problematic that exists within our culture. And so my long form way of saying this, of what I'm trying to say is something we've already hit on twice before rule 34 of the internet applies to real life. There is somebody out there for everybody, multiple somebody's out there for everybody. We are all attracted to different body attributes and, uh, it doesn't matter what quirk, weird little quirk is going on with your body. Somebody out there finds it attractive. And not just one somebody. You don't have to go out there in the world and find that one somebody who is attracted to you. There are a absolutely shit ton of people yeah. who are attracted to you. More people are attracted to you than you could ever possibly handle and deal with. I don't care yeah, who you there's are. There's probably
1: at least a sub there's probably at least a subreddit of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Um <laughs> uh yeah no 100 percent. and i i think like the topic of um pornography deserves its own uh handle uh or its own episode but i'll i'll touch on it a little bit to say that like you know some of that stuff like penis size and whatnot like stems a lot from that because like you don't go around looking at other people's junk all the time (laughs) So it's yeah, not like... for
0: yourself.
1: Okay, well, okay. Tommy does. <laughs> Tommy McFarland goes around looking at people's junk all the time. But I don't. And I don't think most people do. Um, and uh, <laughs> can't wait for that to get clipped out of context at some point. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, it's not like um, a lot of other things. We're like, it's right there. You can see it. If someone is, like, you know, pointing out, like, that your nose is big or something, like, you can see a billion noses very quickly, right? The the only regular access that people have in comparing their penis size to other men, generally speaking, is their vague memories of family that they might have seen as young children, which, A has a I was a young child and everything looks big to me skew to it so keep that in mind and be pornography which definitely has a selection bias by the way <laughs> like and also if you take even 10 minutes to look up some of the things that these people do in pursuit of producing that kind of media it is horrifying um, I, I don't want to get into like the, the ethical side of like, should, should you consume porn or whatever that, like, I think that's something that would better be handled in the episode. But I'll just say this, you do not, you should not be comparing your dick to the dick of dicks of porn stars. They are hopped up on drugs. They are genetic abnormalities. And oftentimes they, their dick is fake. Like it's, it's got like rods inserted in it. It's ridiculous. So like, don't like, if you're looking at that and being like, ah, man, my thing is so small, it's like, like, don't because like, unless you're willing to insert rods in your penis, you're not going to be that large. Like, just go look up the average size. And you'll probably find out that you're within an inch of that, Mm -hmm. like most men are. And if you're not, if you're way small or whatever, that doesn't matter that much, quite frankly, like it doesn't matter if you have a foot long, there are plenty of women who just don't enjoy uh, penetrative sex and are like, are just, you're just going to have a lot more satisfying of a sexual relationship in doing other things
0: and and, uh, and and as a whole, like that's such a very 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 very, very small part of a sexual experience, and again, this involves this deserves its own whole episode but uh i i I would think I would summarize it for now in saying that if you really think that the size of your penis dictates uh sexual pleasure, you re- i i cannot stress enough that you need to have some conversations with women in your life who trust you enough to have that conversation with them to learn some things?
1: Yeah, I mean, frankly, a conversation with a basic Google search of the anatomy of women will correct about half of that for you instantaneously.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, you know, and that's probably a better suggestion that I should make. I I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm correcting myself in conversation here and saying that this uh, we have this constant kind of thing of like, well, you need to just go ask a person of that. Well, no, we live in the information age. You can do the work yourself. And yeah, you should probably just go to Google and do some work yourself. There are yeah. many, 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 many women who have written about this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, yeah. there is not a man on this earth who knows more about this than a woman does when we're talking about heterosexual sex now and i'm being very heteronormative here i i I i'm aware of that that comes from my own perspective in this um there are a lot of other elements here outside of heteronorm out of heterosexual sex that deserve their own uh mention and discussion that i'm not Um, equipped we are both
1: deeply unqualified to speak about homosexual (laughs) sexual encounters at least i am i can't speak to your full experience but
0: Uh, uh, uh as of this date, uh, I'm not experienced in that. Not saying that someday something might change. Uh, and I mostly say that because to enforce the normativity of that such things, we shouldn't be afraid of, you know, I, yeah, we shouldn't be afraid of people assuming that we engage in such things. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that that kind of wraps up everything I had to say on that particular end of the subject. I've definitely soapboxed quite a bit today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is very clearly important to both of us and it shows like because like I know like listeners can't see either of us, at least not currently. Um but you know, Tommy and I do not share a similar body shape. Right? Um and and it was a surprise to me to learn many of that you've talked about today. Um and, and you know, it goes to show you that it doesn't matter what shape you are what size you are what if you're muscly or fit or thin or fat or tall or short or any of that like there is not a man on the planet who couldn't tell you something that they're not a fan of on their body even the like super chad muscly looking dudes who you think are examples of that ideal if you get to know them well enough to be able to ask them you know is there anything that, about your appearance that you don't like i guarantee you they can give you an answer in under a minute and it will not be the thing that you're expecting
0: and and i i think you know one other element too i want to tag on to that is like so i worked for a long time as a photographer so i've worked with a lot of models so people who have idealistic bodies and something i've heard a lot From those folks is a lot of relationship struggles a lot of struggles honestly in finding relationships with people and so we we build this framework in our head that like those people are the most successful at relationships and sexuality and a lot of times they're not and not because of anything about their body i mean not anything that they have done wrong by any means whatsoever it has to do with like a lot of times i've i've been told of like struggling because people are intimidated by them because they are attracted to somebody and that person sees them and is like, oh, this person could never possibly be attracted to me. They're perfect. Or people not being attracted to them because they look too quote unquote perfect. Um, So I just, I I, I think I just want to stress that there is a great leveling agent here that a lot of us aren't aware of that I think it is freeing to know exists, I guess. It's not that it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's just that, you know, we, we shouldn't all feel like we are lesser we're not we're not lesser we're all just human beings and we all just happen to have different bodies
1: yeah and as long as you're medically not in danger of something you know keep in mind that it's entirely you know aesthetic beyond that point you know and i i I, you won't catch me saying aesthetics don't matter um but you know be honest about like how much grief that you're giving yourself about something that is and what, what you're trying to aspire to and for what reasons, you know, if, if it's, if it's like, oh, I'd kind of like to look this way. Sure. I'll, I'll eat a little bit better, or eat in a different way or do this extra exercise or whatever. And it's not, it's not a big deal to you. It's just something that you'd like to do. Great. That's fine. You look however you want. Like, we're not here to tell you to to, to look like a uh, average joe right uh, are you just looking in the mirror every day and just like just like reaming yourself about how awful you look or whatever like why what does that do for you it doesn't accomplish anything it just makes you feel like shit for no reason like if you're if that motivates you to go and improve yourself great but Most of the time when people are doing that, it doesn't motivate them. It demotivates them and be honest with yourself. If you're giving yourself that kind of language and all it is is demotivating you stop. Don't like recognize that all of that standard is bullshit and pick a different standard by which to measure yourself at. I mean, that's what I had to do for mine, right? I had to stop going. I need to look like Chris Pratt and go, my healthy BMI is this. According to medical professionals to reach that BMI, I need to be this weight and that is my target. And I'm going to eat better. I'm going to do a little exercise. And if I hit that number, however, I look at that point, I need to be happy with because that's real health. And, you know, at that point, if I don't, if, if I'm not motivated to make myself look any different at that point, or that's too hard, like it just shouldn't matter. And I just think like, it's, you know, you have to be honest with like what part, what internal conversations you're having with yourself that are just doing nothing but making you unhappy for no gain.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, you know that's the thing and i, and I agree completely with like yeah that there, there's nothing wrong with lifting weights as a hobby running is sure. a hobby there's you know, you nothing wrong with eating food as a hobby um and there's you nothing know, my
1: brother-in-law lifts weights as a hobby and he looks jacked as all get out
0: but you know it's fun for him you yeah. know what i mean yeah like let it be fun <laughs> don't let it become a dysfunction don't let it take over your life and don't let it dictate who you are as a person like I mean, uh, you know, and in, 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 in not in, you know, any more such way as, you know, any activity we do kind of d- describes who we are as a person, but just be yourself is basically what I'm saying. Allow yourself the freedom and the expression to be yourself. Uh, and, and this is a working process. Again, this isn't something you're going to walk away from this podcast, like suddenly realizing, aha, I've solved it. Never going to have that problem again. That's not what we do. As we've think clearly stated here, we're both coping with this ourselves. Uh, and that's. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the game. This is the this is the thing. We don't all talk about this, and uh, that's what we're here to do: is to talk about this and help ourselves work through some of these problems. I'm sure later on we're probably gonna probably do again, like probably come back to this episode and be like, oh, there were some things I said that maybe we should adjust in the future. But yeah, well, uh, I I think I lost you there for a moment, but uh,
1: yeah, you froze for me as well.
0: But uh, I I think that pretty much wraps up what I have to say this week. Uh, Do you have any last, uh, last words to make?
1: No, uh, I think that's about it for me. Um, Just love yourself. And, uh, you know, remember that almost everything that people try to tell you as normal is bullshit.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I second it on that. Love yourself. Um, You are worthy.